We've been in this series going through foundations uh, and talking about the last few weeks, we established what is the gospel? What, what actually is the gospel? And then last week we talked about what does it mean to be a Christian, somebody who follows that gospel? And if you're following that string of thought, if you're following that narrative, the next logical question to ask is what is the church? What is the church? And we've covered a lot. Uh, and, oh, and last week, if you, if you missed last week's talk, I would go back and listen to it. It's only 12, 13 minutes long. But we talked about the Apostles' Creed and why it's important to come into alignment with what the church has believed for the last 2,000 years of orthodoxy, of the common denominator of what the church has believed so that we as Christians can say, okay, yes, I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit and everything else that's in the Apostles' Creed. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that talk. But as we talk today about what is the church, um, there's a short answer and then there's a long answer. So I'll give you the short answer first. Clearly through scripture, we see that uh, the church is the body of Christ. Romans twelve five is, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We, though many, though, though countless across the earth, are one body in Christ. That's what it means to be the church, that we are one unit, we're one body, we're the body of Christ and individually members of one another. Uh, but like Christianity itself, there are a million definitions. If you were to walk up to somebody on the street and be like, hey, what does it mean to be part of the church or what is the church? you get a million different answers, right? So just like everything else in this foundations series of talks, we're just kind of breaking down simply what is the gospel? What is a Christian? And today, what is the church? Because um, there's practically a church on every corner, even where we live. Uh, I, I actually pulled up the map. And if you were to drive from Blackhawk, 10, 10 minutes down Camino Tazahara, coming from Blackhawk, within 10 minutes, you would pass five church buildings. Like there's a lot of churches, right? Or I should say church buildings, because we're going to break down for the next few minutes what it means and, and how do I qualify? How does a place qualify to be part of the church? Uh, and that's kind of my first thought today to share is um, that a church doesn't necessarily mean it's part of the church. And that sounds exclusive and all that. And we'll get back to that in one second. But like most of you, I love In-N-Out, okay? I, I, I think we can probably all agree that In-N-Out is great. It's awesome. Does anybody not like In-N-Out? Just, you, no, you're not. You, you wouldn't raise your hand probably. Uh, <laughs> don't be the awful now. Um, my youth pastor who's from Washington originally just t- despises In-N-Out. He just doesn't think it's all that great. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? It's amazing. But um, I love In-N-Out. And a few years ago, or last year rather, I was at a uh, pastor's retreat with some friends. We were in Denver and it was our last night there. And we were thinking like, okay, we're all hungry. What can we get to eat? And somebody was like, oh, they just opened up the In-N-Out in Denver. We're like, dude, yes, that's home. Let's go. Let's go to In-N-Out in Denver. And uh, so we go there, you know, we're pulling up to, to the establishment and it's all the same, right? I'm like, dude, I'm home right now. The same layout, same design, same everything. I order my same order, you know, three by zero, animal style, extra toast, no tomatoes, well done fry with three spreads on the side. Like I got it on lock, okay? Like I know my order. And uh, like I know when I drive through the drive-thru and order me and Cassidy's food, it's gonna be seventeen ninety four. I know the price every single time, right? Like it's probably an idol, honestly. <laughs> like I gotta work through. No, but uh, I love it. So I order my order, right? And I'm standing there and I uh, get my food and I 
I grabbed the tray and I was like, this doesn't look right. Like that's how much in and out I've eaten. Like I can look at the food and know if it's going to be a good experience. I sit down with my friends and I'm like, you know what? That's not the right shade of fry. Like the color is like a de- the wrong shade. I'm looking at the, the burger. I was like, that doesn't look right. So I eat it and sure enough, I was like, same place, feels like home. The design's all the same, but I'm eating the food and something's not right. And I don't know what it is, where they get their food from or whatever, but it was kind of this, this, this interesting situation of like, th- this should be great. This should be familiar, but it actually is a totally different taste. This should be great in what I'm used to, but it's actually not. And why do I talk about that? It's because there are a lot of places that claim to be part of the church of Christ, but actually aren't. That's why I say a church doesn't necessarily mean the church. We're going to break down for a few minutes what that means, because I know that sounds hecka divisive. <laughs> like, I know how divisive that sounds. Um, I know that, you know, it's, we want to be welcoming. We want to be, I don't want to use the word affirming, but we want to assume that, you know, everybody who preaches Jesus is part of it, but the church is actually a pretty exclusive thing. Why? Because Jesus loves his bride. And uh, the easy message or the easy way of thinking is just, well, as long as they talk about Jesus, right? We just have, that's, that's usually most people's thought. Well, you know, they're preaching Jesus and, you know, so what? This thing's a little wonky and this thing's a little wonky. And yeah, maybe that, that probably isn't in the Bible and that doesn't line up with scripture, but at least they're preaching Jesus, and last week, you know, we talked about what is a Christian? Like, what do we actually mean by that? Who is this? Who is Jesus? Do we even agree on who Jesus is? Um, but there are thousands of churches right now talking about Jesus that have completely abandoned his word. Uh, and it's tough out there because there's many churches who know how to brand. They know how to market themselves. They know how to make it look like the real deal, but they're actually the Denver in and out okay? Yeah. It's like they get you through the door but then you look at scripture and it's like, you know what? Maybe this isn't it. Maybe this actually isn't it. So how do we know? And I'm, you know, obviously this isn't to put the rock church on, on the, the pedestal, so to speak. But, you know, we, we as young adults, because we're, you may not always be at the rock. You may not always be here. So how do we live the rest of our lives confident knowing that I can walk into a church building, into a gathering and know within a few days or a few weeks is this the place that I should be rooting into as a true follower of Jesus? We can walk into a church, Bible in hand, and hear the message and test it by God's word. Because um, a church can call themselves the First Baptist Evangelical Jesus-loving Spirit-filled Protestant Church of Danville, right? But that does not necessarily mean that they are a gospel-centered, Bible-preaching church. And I know I kind of sound like that one like angry YouTube preacher right now. That's not my intention, but my intention is to equip us in the word of God, what it says um, and and how we ought to delineate. How do we decipher? Is this a place that is truly part of the bride of Christ or is it a sham? Is it is it a place where they have an agenda and there's actually a hidden motive? Right. Paul, Peter, James, first and second Timothy, all first and second Thessalonians, all the letters countless times it's brought up beware of false teachers who are in your midst we have to be aware of these things if we want to mature in our faith um so for a few minutes we're just going to talk about style versus substance and the more biblical way to say it is the essentials versus the non-essentials what can we agree on and what actually ought we to agree on that there's no 
negotiables here? And then there, what, are the, what are some of the things that we could disagree on? Because there's room in churches. If, you know, I would say that between Brave Church and CPC, I don't know what they believe, Cornerstone, whatever, you know, as, there are things that we can disagree on, but we're still brothers and sisters in Christ. But there are things that if we disagree, there's disunity and somebody's right and somebody's wrong and somebody is true to the word of God and somebody's not. And it would take weeks, years to unpack all the essentials, but I just wrote a few of them down. And this is, you can take a picture of this, whatever, if you want to, but this, these are just some things that me personally, if I was not at the rock, which I'm hoping to be here for a very long time, but if I was not here and me and Cassidy and our family were looking for a church these would be non-negotiables amongst a long list of others. But these are essentials, just some that I thought of. The sacrificial atoning death of Christ on the cross and the physical resurrection. That's a non-negotiable. That Jesus actually died on a cross, physically, tangibly, he actually did, and physically he rose. There's some scriptures there as well. What's next? Humanity as sinful and entirely unrighteous apart from God's grace. And that's an unpopular message in 2023, right? right. Everybody, we're in the age of expressive individualism and postmodernism and the, the psychological man. I'm reading this book called The, um, the Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. And they break down uh, these over the last, like the last thousand years where we've come in culture and we are in the age of the psychological man that we cared more about me and everybody accepting me and I and, and me and mine and how, how am I being perceived? But that's actually new in the last 50, 60, 100 years. Um, that's a message for another time. But we need to understand and whatever church you're at should prioritize that apart from Christ's righteousness, we are wretched, we are depraved and we are unrighteous and sinful. And that's not a popular message, but that's the gospel, right? Uh, The next one, salvation found only by faith in Christ's redemptive work. It's not the Oprah gospel. Any way, any, whatever feels good to you, know that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None come to the Father except through me. That's a non-negotiable for me if I'm looking for a church. That is an absolute essential according to the word of God. Uh, Another one, and again, this list could go on for pages and pages and pages, but the last one, Jesus is God. Not just a good teacher, not just a prophet, uh, not just he wasn't some sort of weird like demigod situation. No, he is 200%. He is a 100% man and a 100% God. Jesus is man and he is deified. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is God incarnate in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. What are some non-essentials? This is just fun conversation that I enjoy. Eschatology. We can, we can disagree on the end times. We can disagree about the timeline. I'm talking, Chich is not shaking his head. No, we can't disagree. No, we, we can disagree on these things. You know, you could be premillennial, postmillennial, amillennial, preterist, historicist, futurist, idealist, symbolicist, whatever. There's a million things. We can disagree on these things as long as we agree on who Jesus is and that he's coming back. Amen. Like there's room to disagree on these things. What, what next? Continuationists and cessationists, the gifts of the spirit. I have very, very, very close friends in ministry who do not believe that the gifts are for today. They believe that they ceased at the, at the ending of the canon of scripture. That when, the, when revelation was done being written and, the, and scripture was closed and it was like, that's it. That's God's final word, that the gifts of the spirit cease. I have friends who love Jesus with all their being, but they just don't believe that the gifts are for today. 
I believe they're very wrong, but they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you've spent more than five minutes here at The Rock, you know that we prioritize the presence of God and the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, finally, another uh, non-essential, women in ministry. I, we are a f- part of the Foursquare denomination. We absolutely celebrate the, the necessity for women in ministry. Not just like, oh yeah, I guess you get. No, we celebrate the fact that women and men can both serve in the local church. And even under that umbrella, there's disagreement. There's, uh, uh, why am I forgetting the names of, of these things? Chit, help me out. Complementarianism, egalitarianism. There's different frames of thought. There's different, uh, you know, of what kind of offices can people hold. There's disagreement, but we can disagree and still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, There's a German theologian in 1627, and he said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. And in all things, charity. Our heart, our posture ought to be, if we are in agreement about the things that matter the most, awesome. And we can disagree on the, sub, uh, on the, the, the supplementals. We could disagree on some of the non-essentials. So going back to the original question, what is the church? What is the church? What is this? What is gathering? Why do we do Sundays? Why do we do young adults? What is the church? Is it simply services? Is it simply a building? Is it simply a place that I guess we go and that's where we hear songs and hear a message and then we go to in and out afterwards? What is it? What is the church? And last night I was just stewing over this and I'm just sitting on my laptop. I'm like, how do I define the church? Like just reading scripture, sitting in scripture, what is the church? Because there's room and there's necessity to meet. But then also you've heard a million people, especially over COVID say like, Church isn't the four walls. We got to get out there. And I celebrate that as well. The church is God's people united in creed and declaration, living out kingdom lifestyle daily and gathering together to praise and revere God and enjoy community together. That is the best that I and my very minimal (laughs) brain cells can think of a definition of what the church is. That it's God's people united under scripture, united in belief, united in doctrine, united in pronouncement of who Jesus is and what he came to do. Living out kingdom lifestyle, arms locked together, pursuing the same goal, whether on Sunday or on Wednesday or on Saturday or any day in between. And we're coming together to praise and revere, to fear God, to honor God, to give him glory and enjoy community together. Man, I think God is smiling in heaven when believers, brothers and sisters get together on a Saturday morning like this, and we're just enjoying each other's company under the banner of Jesus. And this has kind of been, you know, my, the verse that I just keep coming back to in Acts chapter four. And I know when we talk about church, Acts chapter two and Acts chapter four are like the first places that we go, but it's really interesting. Um, so Acts 4.31 ends a subdivision in Acts 4. And then there's a little title, and then it moves on to 32 and 33. But when the Bible was written, those, those uh, delineations weren't there. Those uh, categories weren't there. Those divisions weren't there in the scripture. So I was reading this, and I was thinking of reading it straight through. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That's usually where it ends. But continuing on in the same thought. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. I love everything that's in this scripture, obviously, but it's starting at gathering, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then everything else flowing from that. I think Christians, we go to extremes. Has anybody noticed this? (laughs) We go to extremes with a lot of things. No, it's entirely this and nothing else. Or it's entirely this and nothing else. But there is this beautiful balance as the church of Jesus as, as believers in Christ, there's this balance of gathering and being and dwelling in community. So just as we close, um, we're going to go into small groups in a minute. And I don't have like a system for this exactly. We're just going to split into groups. But I do have a few questions. And I would love us as young adults just to talk about church. What have been your really great experiences with the church? And what have been maybe some negative experiences? I have a lot, okay? Like, and at this church, at other churches, like, there's so much beauty, but then there's so much hurt attached. There's perfections and imperfections. I I would love if we get into these conversations, but then also dream together. What is the future church? How can we be the hands and feet of Christ for the next generation of the church? Because... All it takes is five minutes of study and you will find that our generation and the generations after us, there is a tragic falling away from the church. I would call it an apostasy. There is a tragic falling away. We are losing the younger generation. We're losing our generation. So what does it look like for us to be part of the solution? Amen? Amen. Let's pray and then we'll uh, split into small groups. God, thank you for this morning. And Lord, I pray that as we just get into conversation with each other, Lord, would you give us dream, dreams and, and visions, God, of what you're doing in the church and how we ought to be the hands and feet of what you're up to. Lord, we, we honor you. Lord, we wanna be used by you, Lord. I thank you for this church, The Rock, that where we're gathering, God, we can boldly say that we are, preaching the truth of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that you would give us a wisdom and depth in this season, God, that we would be, that we would have discernment over what is authentic, what is birthed out of the word of God and what's false, what's false teaching, what's false prophecy, Lord. Would you help us know in our hearts, in our spirits, in our souls, what you have called us to and what you've called the church to. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome.